What's going on, people? It's your boy, Corey. And my man, uh, Mr. Kirk. What's up? And welcome back to Schemes Come True, people. What will you do tomorrow? What will you do today to achieve your creative schemes? I'm Corey. That's Kirk. And today we got a special, special guest, Mr. Salamander King, also known as AJ. How you doing, baby? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. Thank thanks. you for being here. Yeah, thanks for oh, coming sorry. on. I know I, I'm trying not to like talk over anybody because sometimes I do that but it's okay. not, like, no hard on the video I do <laughs> that too whenever I'm on a video call yeah. uh, that's around I gotta wash yeah. Corey's mouth sometimes I gotta start doing that more no don't do that to me that's rude how <laughs> dare you <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I guess yes. we should we should jump into it, right? Yeah, I guess. All so. right, yeah. Let's, let's do so it. get into it. Give us uh, a little background. How did the uh, Salamander Prince become the Salamander King? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, kind of like my my origin story. Yeah, into, yeah, man. In the in the art, well, uh, the funny thing is, I guess that uh, a lot of my life wasn't focused around drawing or art much. It's always something I kind of just did. As a, as a side thing. I always liked drawing uh, for fun. Um, but uh, I actually have a, uh, a lot of different interests or things that I thought were going to be my career leading up to art, which oddly, I feel like art is the least strange of the ones to go into. I, I feel like oh. for a lot of people, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, art's the crazy one to switch from something to art. But um, So I guess I started well, a big portion of my life uh, very early on, uh, from about the age of five, I trained in martial arts uh, in Tung Judo. So yeah, I trained in Tung Judo until I was about 18 would be around when I stopped training. So like uh, 13 years or so, I think. Um, so growing up when I was very young, I wanted that to be my career. You know, I just dreamed of being a martial arts instructor and I did, uh, instruct for a, uh, a good while at my, uh, karate studio where I, I trained um, because uh, I, I come from kind of a like a low income family. So I kind of had to like earn my tuition to train there. Um, yeah. So along with like just like working jobs around the karate studio, like cleaning and stuff. Uh, eventually, once I you know, uh, was a, a black belt and I had trained for a while, um, I started teaching and that's how I paid for my tuition and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, was my first interest was uh with the martial arts. Um, but then uh, the, the more I uh, did it, I realized I really liked the, uh, well, the creative aspect of it. I liked coming up with stuff when I got the opportunity to do like design forms where I could come up with my uh, own stuff or doing performance. I was on the performance team at my uh, karate studio uh, where we do more like XMA stuff. I liked doing flips and tricks and, you know, spinning weapons fast and stuff. That's really what drew my interest. Uh, Sorry, I got a, another call. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so I was really interested in the performance aspect. And I realized as much I didn't really like the instructional aspect, A, because uh, a lot of it's, you know, traditional stuff. So we do a lot of the same stuff. And I really liked the coming up with uh, stuff part of it. As well, I didn't really like being strict. Um, yeah. You might be able to tell I'm pretty laid back. Um, so, like, I, you know, 
yelling and you know having people say yes sir and no sir to me and you know giving oh, people push-ups and stuff was uh <laughs> not not as much of my interest. it wasn't really that's when the king started <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's where i come from <laughs> that was my time as the king i'm curious though if like a a bob ross the painter approach to martial arts would work where it's very soft kind of voice and very calming but at the same time you're still I don't know I don't know if those two things would jive yeah. I honestly I, I mean yeah. it's funny I've always thought of that thing too where it's kind of like I kind of had a Bob Ross moment where I switched from like being in this like kind of like military type training not really it's not that strict compared to like military but like where you know everything's really strict and there's a lot of rules and everyone's really serious uh to art but I would say I think it does work for some degree, uh, which I would say it probably works better. Like if you're trying to be like uh, more laid back or just like friendly, I, I always kind of kept that demeanor, even though I was supposed to be more strict. And it works well with like adults or older teens because everyone's already kind of they want to be there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and where it becomes harder is with like children, where they a lot of times parents will put their kids into martial arts because they want to give them discipline or something, and they want you to be a little stricter, you know. Um, yeah. So they're the ones where it's harder to, to you know, act more friendly with or silly with. But I, I think you can get away with, with adults. Uh, and they're the ones I always enjoyed teaching because, you know, I didn't feel I had to be strict. You know, I could just talk to them and it wasn't a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As someone who was also in the uh, martial arts for a number of years, it was just like. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, because I, I started a lot later than I wanted to just because, like, health conditions and stuff. But I started when I was, like, 16 and um, kind of done, like, a little bit on and off. And all that but yeah it's like <laughs> you, have to, sure. you, like, you have to be like hey <laughs> focus like you know to the little yeah. kids and all that stuff the adults it's like yeah you know you know we're gonna do this like you're gonna do push-ups if you you know maybe like yeah uh uh, uh obviously like for like warm-ups or um if you don't like do the combinations as well as someone else or fast enough or whatever like that but yeah you, you it's hard to yeah. like be soft with the kids because it's just like they're gonna run all over you <laughs> at that point exactly they'll just like <laughs> They'll, they'll think of you as a friend and they'll want to just mess around yeah. and uh, yeah that's what makes it it's really I think also a big difference of just like the difference between people coming to train because they want to be there and they really want to learn martial arts or they want to get uh, fit or something and yeah. you know the kids who they might have different reasons that their parents put them in it they want them to have an activity they want them to learn more discipline you know yeah. or they want to learn, them to learn how to defend themselves it's in a weird way more serious with the kids you know they're usually yeah. like specific things they want to learn and the adults know what they want to gain from it they're not looking to learn to be disciplined or you know yeah. <laughs> they want to learn martial arts <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly no, that's cool though that's really cool it's like start yeah, off as training real quick before uh, we go on um a couple things uh it's from Karate, uh bujitsu which was like our version of samurai martial arts at that school oh, cool. um and then, like brazilian jiu-jitsu a little bit uh which was the full contact latte and then um i was starting to learn a little little bit of muay thai but yeah oh cool yeah. well some of those i haven't heard of but they all sound like pretty interesting ones like oh, yeah. the uh, <laughs> the samurai training you said and the full contact karate. Yeah, wow. yeah they were nuts man that's why i'm all busted up that's why i need yoga <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know relax decompress a little bit after all that hard <laughs> yes <laughs> learn how to move again <laughs> <laughs> or you know, I did do more well. mm. yeah yeah i did do a bit of brazilian jiu-jitsu though and uh yeah. 
uh, it was incorporated in the Tung Sudo that I trained in. That's what we used for the, I guess, ground combat portion of things we would do uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, as well as we eventually started doing MMA, where which also usually incorporates Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Big time these days, big time. So what, what is, uh, yeah. real, real quick before we, before we move on, what is uh, uh, Tung Sudo? Uh, Where's it originate from? It's, it's a Korean martial arts from South Korea. Oh, okay, okay. It was uh, it was what they trained in. I'm pretty sure in the Korean Air Force. Okay. And then uh, I think the person who uh, brought it over from Korea was Chuck Norris. It's the same martial arts Chuck Norris trained in. Uh, that was one of my okay. uh, my instructors' instructors. Um, he okay. learned from a little bit from Chuck Norris, um, and then uh, mostly from someone named Pat Johnson. Uh, one place you would see him that's just a funny like fact is he's one of the judges in the original Karate Kid movie, like oh, doing really? like the fight. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was my instructor's like main instructor was Pat Johnson. Uh, my yeah. instructor's name was uh, uh, Grandmaster Dennis Ichikawa. If anyone knows Tung Sudo, he, he, no, he, he's very uh, like early on in it. So he's definitely in the history of it. Um, but yeah, so it's from Korea. It's similar to like picture, I guess, Taekwondo, which is very oh, okay. uh, yeah. heavy, you know, yes, traditional yes. though, there's forms and stuff, but it's their combat. Like I've uh, sparred with someone who's Taekwondo before and they, they'll do a lot of like, they'll push you and then they'll kick, you know, they do more pushing yeah. than. Uh, but their kicks are crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, uh, they're nuts, man. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason they want to kick you. But yeah, basically, Tung Sudo, I think, really just incorporates more hands. It, 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 the goal, I think, with it was it for it to be more well-rounded. They incorporated yes. more uh, hand striking as well as, you know, like ground combat, bat, ground combat with the yeah. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and stuff. Um, and then uh, I think Chinese kickboxing is where some of the hand stuff comes from for, like, sparring. Right, uh, right. I don't know. The traditional stuff probably just came with the, you know, from the original martial arts. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I guess that's how I would sum it up. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that is, but. Oh, no, no, no. You did, I mean, you did fine. Show <laughs> <laughs> me a quiz later. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to do it. brushed up on my uh, Tung Sudo history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do like a separate show at some point, just on like martial arts history. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, can, I can talk all day about that stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's so much shit. That's one of the cool parts, you know, about uh, martial arts is all the tradition and the history behind it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cool. Even though I enjoyed the performance aspects of it, that was always a part that. Um, you know, I connected to because I grew up with it. So almost like a lot of the, the tradition that was around it since, since I was in it at like, right when I was five years old to like 18, I got so used to all the traditions from doing Tung Sudo. Yeah, it's like a part of you like, part of my life. very early on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it, it was weird. And which I don't know if this is part of tradition, but you know, I, I it took me so long to get out of the habit of saying yes, sir. And no, sir. a lot of things we had like rules around the studio. I was so like, had them ingrained in me, you know, bowing to the higher rank. You know, like if I was in a grocery store and I ran into my instructor, I was expected to bow to him. You know, like as a kid, I remember that was one of the weirdest times for me was when I first saw my my grandmaster at uh, the the grocery store, and I was just like, you know, when you're a kid, when you see your teacher in a place that they're not supposed to be, it was like, like it, it just seems surreal, like a dream. And that's yeah. the first thing he's like, you're not gonna bow, and I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> and I was like my stomach yeah, dropped. I was like, of course. <laughs> 
god. Everyone's like, what's going on right now? Yeah, and everyone else, they're like, what is this? This little kid, like, bowing this old man in a grocery store. <laughs> the temptation now to do that with my students, like, oh just at god. regular school, is so strong. Just to hit him. funny. <laughs> bowing now. <laughs> like, it'd be like, like now, if you, if that happened, just like, I bow to no one. <laughs> just like, <laughs> fight. It's yeah. Like, not here. <laughs> Take it off. That's funny. Yeah, I felt like a lot of my uh, teaching, uh, which I guess I'm jumping way ahead in the story, but uh, yeah. later on, I, you know, uh, as Tony Kirk, I, I taught for a few years art. And a lot of my teaching came from martial arts. Obviously, I dropped yeah. the, like, you know, I felt like yelling was too harsh of a word for it. It was such a disciplinary tone, you know. No one's looking for that when you're teaching their kid art and stuff, which I prefer. Like I said, that's why I drifted away from martial arts because I didn't like having to be so, uh, have so much discipline involved. I felt like people can learn and even kids can learn with a much more gentle approach. And uh, that's just how they do in martial arts. And it's ingrained, you know, everything's strict. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But anyways, I'll go back. So, um, all these things that I was interested in kind of meshed together. Like some of them are still going on while I'm into the other stuff. Cause like I said, I did martial arts for a very long time, five to like 18. Uh, and I uh, stopped training around after my uh, master's test, which is my fourth black belt. Oh, um, nice. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so um, in between there around uh, 13, I got really interested in circus and sideshow arts. So, uh, <laughs> it gets, it gets stranger. The story gets more weird. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I, <laughs> the, 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 the reason I got into that was because I, um, I got stressed. Okay. Well, when I was a kid, uh, my comments were really, really big, um, yeah. like touching each other. Like oh, my mom had the same thing and she had like doctors, like, study her when she was younger they're like looking at it it was like weird um but yeah so my phones were super big touching each other like to where like it looks like i can't even breathe if you open my mouth you wouldn't see an opening like people normally see oh damn yeah like you it, it looked like my throat was closed um but but it didn't really affect me i you know i had asthma i think it caused that um and i'd sleep apnea as a kid but nothing crazy oh my god crazy. <laughs> <laughs> dude <laughs> Okay, I guess it did have some of a significant effect. It didn't feel like it. <laughs> you, you like breathe through your skin? Like what the hell? That's, I never I, I, I was a mouth breather, which you would think wouldn't be what I would do with that, but I just <laughs> just trying to get as much air as I could. Everything I was doing. Does it make it sound like that too every time? Yeah, AJ's coming. I was just always <sighs> <up there>. oh, <sighs> AJ's here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Um, anyways, I got stressed mm. throat eventually, which was, I, I guess, caused by the tonsils, you know, the, the infection in the tonsils. And I had it to where it was reoccurring, where the strep throat wasn't going away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's contagious, so you can't go to school. And uh, so I was having to do like independent study, where, you know, basically like homeschooling, but I'm like teaching myself, like I'm just given books and I learn. Uh, yeah. And uh so yeah, and then eventually I got my tonsils removed, but that's when I switched over to doing independent study. So I did normal school, like public school, I guess, until uh, seventh grade. And then partway through seventh grade was when I became sick and I started uh, studying at home. 
Um, and then eventually I got my tonsils removed. Uh, the big problem was the insurance didn't want to pay for it for the longest time because they didn't oh, feel like it was. Yeah, of course, they fight you on anything, but uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah. want to pay for it. And then after, eventually, supposedly, uh, if you have reoccurring strep enough, it can turn into something that's more serious. I don't know what it was called, but it can like you know be life threatening. Yeah. And eventually, once it was progressing to that, they agreed to to take it out, the tonsils out. Um, <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, hmm. <laughs> should we? <laughs> I guess if the kid's gonna die, we don't get sued. <laughs> the They're rubbing <laughs> together in there. They're going to start a fire. I guess we'll pay for it. <laughs> I guess, yeah. It's not like it's some medical anomaly that you've never seen before. A special case, you're not going to do it. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you're literally but, uh, dying anyway. as they're trying to think about it. Yeah, that's when oh. they start considering helping you out, the insurance. Right, um, right. But yeah, so um, that's what made me leave public school. All that was just to say I left public school because of that. Got my tonsils removed and I was doing much better after that. Um, but I stayed in independent study. Um, and that's when I, uh, you, I don't, did you guys both go through public school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, anyone that would be listening to us that's maybe transitioned from public school, school to, uh, homeschool, there's a brief time where you kind of lose contact with a lot of your friends, you know, it just makes sense. Most of your friendships revolve around being at school together. That's where a lot of friendships form. And then when you leave only so many, and most of the time people don't try to reach out to you afterwards when they're going to school eight hours a day. Forgotten. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the important thing. I didn't have a lot of friends for just, you know, a short period of time. It was just like the first, uh, you know, six months or so after uh, leaving public school that I just didn't have many friends. Um, but eventually I ended up making friends with a lot of the kids that lived around the apartment complex that I lived in because I was at home more. <laughs> um. And yeah, and then uh, my sister had gotten into some circus arts at the time, and uh, she was doing them at home. She was into contortion, which is just like extreme flexibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it sounds gross, but she never really got that advanced in it. She wasn't okay, good. Enough, so she had probably the good news is, is she didn't get much beyond the normal level of flexibility. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <you> <laughs> Yeah, but then I decided to, which I didn't even pick a circus art at the time when I was, uh, I don't know, I was probably like 15 or so. I didn't really, maybe a big, yeah, probably about 15. Uh, I didn't really discern from sideshow and circus art. Um, so I, I got into fire eating, actually. It was the first thing I got into. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also learned juggling right at the beginning, too. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, that's like the, the introductory course. You're like, I'm going to go right to the advanced shit. Just going to jump right to you. You know, the, the funny thing is, I started kind of mostly, like, even though I learned juggling in the beginning, I was focused on the sideshow arts, so, you know, which is kind of the classic one, fire eating, glass walking, you know, a bed, we made a bed of nails oh, wow. in my grandma's backyard. Um <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> got my tonsils out and I'm ready to take off. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm not going to die from strep throat. Time to Let's do it. Yeah. Time to do some stuff the insurance really won't want to cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're not going to cover that shit. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> he heard himself laying on a bed of nails. Kind of sounds like his fault. Yeah. Chart his throat. <laughs> 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 Um, but yeah, 
those were cool. Uh, even though, yeah, they're definitely dangerous. Uh, I shifted more into the actual circus arts eventually, though, even though the I, I got into it in Sideshow. But the community is uh, less welcoming, uh, which kind of makes sense. You know, the, the, the community is very much like, uh, A, they don't want more competition. It's hard business right. to find work in, you know, doing Sideshow stunts. Um, yeah. As well as uh, it's kind of like, get out of here, kid. You're going to kill yourself. You know, like that's the view everyone had. Um, my sister mostly was the one who was interacting with the, the community. She, she liked the whole aspect of, you know, making friends online and stuff. And I was really interested in the learning the art, the yeah, different one. Yeah. Um, so I was training a bunch and she was really interacting with people. But that's the, you know, kind of how she always expressed it to me was that, you know, not, not the most welcoming, definitely kind of a, a gatekeepy kind of crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, though there was definitely some nice people we met when you know in the sideshow community and friends and stuff. But uh, yeah, so I started with that. And uh, the thing I didn't like about sideshow is that there was kind of a cap on how much you could learn with eat- with like the different subjects. I liked fire eating the most uh, because that had the most tricks you could learn, <laughs> uh, like vapor tricks and stuff, where. Uh, like to explain what a vapor trick I guess is like you usually have two torches when you're doing fire eating and it's like you can and fire eating is obviously just putting torches out in your mouth um yeah just (laughs) (laughs) just um yeah well that's what you do put torches out in your mouth um um but then vapor tricks are when you keep the the vapors from the fuel burning in your mouth and you can like uh like a human candle would be where so you have one that you put out and then you have the other one that's lit. And when you put the, the flame in your mouth, you keep your mouth kind of like in a whistle blowing position, like, like that. And then when you pull the torch out, you have like a candle, like fire coming out of your mouth. And then you can light the other torch. Like those are example, like vapor tricks or the, like another cool trick, just to give you examples of why I like fire eating more than the other stuff. Cause a lot of them were like uh, pain tolerance tricks, you know, like glass walking. There's not much to it. You're just walking on glass, you know, putting your tongue in a mouth trap you're just putting your tongue in. <laughs> you don't learn <laughs> no I only, you did that I did, did you do that one yeah. time i did it i think probably twice there's nothing to that trick you're just Boy. putting your tongue in a mouth trap <laughs> the only thing to that trick is a mouth trap not a, a rat trap because mm. the rat trap you cut to your tongue off but i didn't know there was a Anyways. difference well rat traps are just like way bigger way more powerful oh, a mouth right. trap as long as you put your tongue deep enough into, I feel like I caused it a tutorial to get a bunch of kids in trouble. Don't, oh don't my do God, side yeah. art. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a reason I'm doing art now, and there's a reason yes. I got to type it quick. The views expressed yeah. by AJ are uh, not uh, much more yeah. corroborated by Schemes Come True Network or Corey. Everybody slap a disclaimer on this one. Uh, oh anyway, no, this is really cool, though. This is yeah, no, hopefully it's, it's interesting. This is very interesting. <laughs> but I'm just like, do you just love torture? <laughs> is that what you like? <laughs> well, that that was a, like, I mean, there's definitely an aspect of it too that was like it was like cool and like dark and mysterious, you know, sideshow. Um, but that's honestly Nothing the part I ended up liking less when I was, or like <laughs> what made me get away from it was like it was kind of grungy, you know. Like I said, it was kind of like the the community wasn't super welcoming and there was a lot of risk to it and you know i was a kid obviously well, not i was a teenager so either way i was uh you know probably didn't have a fully developed mind to to discern some of the risks mm-hmm. of this stuff no. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I did uh, take it seriously. You know, I tried to do everything properly. I wasn't really interested in it and tried to do the, the proper approach. There's rules of things like with fire eating, for example, the most important thing is like uh, you'll, you'll take, you'll fully breathe in before you put a torch out in your mouth. Uh, so you want to go <gasps> before you put it in. Cause if you panic, you go, you'll, you'll expel all your air rather yeah. than well, a lot of people, when they panic, they go, when they get scared, like, let's say, you know, your hair catches on fire and you'll breathe in. If you breathe in with a torch in your mouth, it's going to scorch your lungs. Uh, so that's the real, that's the biggest risk of fire eating other than just minor burns is it, you can't inhale if you have a torch in your mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that one was cool. A lot of tricks you could do, vapor tricks. That's what I liked about it. Um, there was a cool trick that was called a shotgun blast, which is where, uh, or shotgun light, uh, which is where you have one torch that's out. You put a torch out and you hold it in one of your hands with it like uh, right at the base of your wrist. And then, well, actually, you wipe a trail of fuel down your wrist and put the torch in one hand. And then you take the other torch and you light the end of the, uh, the fuel trail and it shoots down your arm and lights the other torch. That's cool. Yeah. That is really so cool. Yeah, oh, I'd never do that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you. I wouldn't no. do it now either. That's the two worst parts was too, definitely... too hairy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kirk, I, it would burn all the hair off my arm <laughs> when I did it. <laughs> A lot of fire eaters and stuff will, like, shave their arms and stuff for tracing their body if they're going to, you know, rubbing the fire on your body is part of doing fire right. eating and stuff. It's tricks. But, uh, yeah, anyways... Didn't enjoy the burn. It's called fire eater's mouth. You know, you're you have like permanent like cotton mouth where your mouth is all like dried out and uh, yeah. <laughs> burned from burning the inside of it. Um, as well as the worst part is actually where you get the most burned is because uh, the the sticks that the torture on the sticks are Kevlar normally because mm-hmm. um, uh, they can stay on fire and not like disintegrate. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but the torches are the sticks are metal. So the worst part was touching your lips to the metal because that would get like burning hot. So you always had to be mm-hmm. careful not to touch mm-hmm. your lips to it. But yeah, um, didn't like also, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I'm glad I got out of it for too was that like um, I learned with uh, 99% rubbing alcohol. So like uh, um, just, you know, that stuff. And uh, that stuff wasn't too bad to have in your mouth. But what people mostly use is uh other than like if you drink it you go blind you don't want it in your mouth normally but when it's burning the fumes weren't as bad as what people normally use which were coleman's camp fuel oh yeah and uh yeah i'm just thought i I felt like i could have got mouth cancer or something Mm -hmm. if i kept doing fire eating so i eventually did switch over the camp fuel because it uh burns less hot than the uh alcohol and it uh Makes vapor tricks easier. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving you too much details on this. No, no, no. This, this, this is fascinating. <laughs> no, this is very fascinating. Actually. Yeah. Don't mind yeah. my faces. I'm just like, He's like, <laughs> like okay. I, I was a little skeptical when you're like, well, you know, this is art's not the weird, it's the most normal like career path I could have found. Like, hmm, yeah. this yeah. is not what I was expecting at all. So no, no, no. I'm like, I'm like, how weird can this shit get? I I will listen to this all day. (laughs) As you can see, pretty pretty odd. Um, But yeah, eventually I moved away from the the sideshow art, which was stuff like that. Didn't like the risk. And I didn't like that they were limited in how much you could do with them. They're more like stunts than like a field that you can expand in. Right. 
Um, so then I started focusing on juggling, which was one of the things I learned in the beginning, but was very difficult. It's, you know, it's kind of frustrating. Um, and then it's funny, after all that stuff, that sounds way cooler. My passion was juggling. I love juggling and I did juggling for seven years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yes, less um, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, much less dangerous. Um, obviously, you know, people can do danger juggling, but that wasn't my interest. I finally found something that I really liked the technical aspect of, which juggling is like, super expansive you know like uh uh you know there's endless com combinations of tricks and you know throws you can do uh like there's constantly stuff being invented to this day you know the, the yeah. juggling community expands so fast and the cool thing about the community is unlike the sideshow which was a little more standoffish or you know weary of letting new people in juggling everyone is like all about expanding the universe of yeah. the community where everyone's like like you can do other people's tricks, you can do this or that. Everyone's just trying to share and just make juggling expand more and like the possibility of what tricks can be done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really love that community and I started really focusing hard on juggling and that's where I got into my next like career path that I thought I was gonna be uh, doing, which was uh, being a, a professional juggler, being a circus performer. I thought I was gonna, you can go to college <laughs> for juggling. Did you know that? <laughs> I thought it was going to be something else after that. I was like crazy. I was like, no, no more. <laughs> no, awesome. no. I stepped with the juggling. I did do other circus arts. I had a bit of experience in, you know, simple amounts of acrobatics because in martial arts, I did XMA. Right. So, you know, I knew a lot of general flips and stuff from that. Um, and, you know, I did some balance stuff. Like I did slack line, uh, oh, nice, nice. which is like, if you, oh, yeah. uh, have you ever done yeah. slack line? No, but I'm, I'm uh, familiar. But for those okay, who are, yeah, it's like yeah. a it's like a tightrope, but it has slack. Um, yeah. So you know, and it's flat um, instead of like a little wire. Um, but yeah, I, I I did those. So I did a few other ones, but I was mostly focused on juggling. Um, and yeah, I wanted to go into juggling professionally. You know, possibly perform in circuses uh, and stuff like that. Like literally, I guess run away and join the circus was my mm -hmm. plan earlier. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You went all in. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. and I was super into it. Yeah, um, I was gonna. The two places I was considering were uh, there's the Circus School of Montreal was like Ooh. the first school I was interested in training for, and then eventually I wanted to go to uh, the School of Dance and Circus in Sweden. It's, I think the acronym oh, was wow. like D O C H. Um, but that's where all the best jugglers went. Everyone goes there. You can get a doctorate in juggling there. Damn. <laughs> Super funny? cool. I'm, I'm doing the wrong stuff. <laughs> I went to school for the wrong things. <laughs> yeah, she got for juggling. You can be, I, people can call you doctor. Mm -hmm. People have yes. to call you doctor. But you just juggle. Dr. Juggles. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's gotten a doctorate. But I do know uh, plenty of jugglers uh, that went to college for it. One of my closest friends like online he's the person that i interacted with the most um there's not as many jugglers um like in california where i live you know a lot of them are in europe it's much more popular sweden it's very popular that's where the school is um there are people in the u.s but we're more spread out my friend was in texas but uh he went to the circus school of philadelphia um but yeah so i know quite a few people that went went to went to college for it um and it still seems cool i just uh realized um, I had a kind of another realization with uh, another career that I was interested in pursuing was that I liked uh, learning about it and learning the tricks more than I uh, enjoyed performing. Um, yeah. 
because unlike with performing martial arts, which I kind of enjoyed, and that's why I thought I would enjoy uh, performing juggling, uh, juggling is quite a bit different because in martial arts, you can feed on the energy you have. You know, if you're running out and you're, you know, you know, punching and kicking and you're doing flips and stuff, if you have adrenaline or you're nervous, you can kind of release it immediately when you go out on stage. But right. juggling is the opposite. You're having, you have to be very calm and control, um, you know, everything gentle that you're doing, especially the type of juggling that I focused on. Um, I mostly did, uh, uh, I did ring juggling. The three main props mm. are uh, balls, which is what everyone pictures for juggling. And then there's uh, rings, which are the least favorite of everyone's and the one I focused on. Um, they're everyone's least favorite because they hurt your hands because they're just uh, like flat discs and they can hit your knuckles right. or land on your toes and oh yeah, yeah yeah and then there's clubs which are the things that everyone says look like bowling pins yeah yeah um most jugglers train in all the props and there's also more obscure props and i did as well but i focused on rings and i did uh face and body rolls which is where i slide the rings along my body rather than throwing them in the air um and roll them across my face so that required specifically for me to be really gentle as well uh, beyond what's even normal in juggling for having to be gentle because I'm not even getting yeah. to release energy throwing high much everything's really slow in contact with my body um so yeah it was hard to perform juggling uh you know literally trying not to drop stuff in front of a bunch of people became very stressful and very quick when I got into actually performing it yeah. um yeah so then that's kind of what made me uh steer away from doing it as a career they really, they really just were more interested in it as a as a hobby um, and I just loved doing it, but, uh, performing wasn't as enjoyable. I did teach it a little bit. I, uh, went to the, uh, or was invited to be a teacher at the Austin Juggling Fist in, uh, Texas. They flew me oh, out there to teach. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's what made me shift away from it though. I realized it was just very stressful art to perform. Um, I guess yes, there's a reason why a lot of people refer to managing a lot of things, stressful things as juggling, because it's very stressful to do in front of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all true. No, that's, a, that's where the phrase comes from, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, jeez. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, those were the two big career paths before art <laughs> that I thought I was going to go into. When I was a kid, <laughs> the dream was martial arts instructor, then circus performer when I got older. Yeah. I feel like there's like probably like 10 or 20 more, but, <laughs> but you're like, you're like, keep yeah, <laughs> it's hard to kind of condense it down. I played yeah. hockey for a while, but I didn't plan on doing that for a career as a goalie. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's not too weird. Yeah. yeah that one's <laughs> I guess goalie's the least desirable position because people are hitting pucks at you. Oh yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> that sweet mask and then the shield. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get some cool gears. Yeah, exactly. You get the most armor, though. You get, like, 50 pounds of armor. The only negative to that was I played roller hockey. So I played in the sun. So I'm wearing 50 pounds of armor in the sun, um, which made it a little less desirable. The cool thing about goalie... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The cool thing about goalie was uh, they let you play for free a lot, and that's why I did it, because no one wants to be goalie. So Mm. I can play hockey, but I didn't have to pay. (laughs) Nice, nice. That's fair. That's the perk. <laughs> the one perk. Yeah, though the one perk on that heavy armor and everyone hitting things at you. The other perk is in hockey, uh the goalie's like the most protected person. Like no like everyone will dogpile someone if they try to mess with the goalie because they're like, right. you need the goalie, especially in a fair when no one wants to be a goalie, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no one lets no one messes with you at least. Your whole team yeah, will come in true. if anyone's trying to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, I uh, eventually uh, started uh, my. My girlfriend at the time, her mom was a teacher at, it very mellows out at this point. <laughs> Martial arts, And then my girlfriend's mom was a teacher and she thought I could teach art. Cause I, like I said, throughout all this, I'd always done art on the side and she just was trying to give me an opportunity to do a job. And she said, maybe you could teach some things at the school that I teach at. And I uh, started teaching there essentially. Nice. Um, and I did teach, I taught circus arts at the school. Um, uh, like I said, it's a school for like uh, homeschool kids, um, mostly mm. like in like a side school. Some kids go to normal school after it or public school. Um, but a lot of kids are also homeschooled. So they just go there for extra stuff. And then they, you know, do a lot of studying at home. Um, but yeah, so I taught circus arts there. I also taught martial arts there. And then I started teaching art. I also taught Lego engineering. Another curveball. Oh, I don't know where cool. that came from. <laughs> okay, okay. It was just like, my uh, my dad was an engineer, so maybe it's just kind of like in, in my blood a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they're like, we need a new Lego engineering teacher, and they tried teaching <laughs> all the different teachers, and for some reason, it clicked for me to be able to make little robots out of Legos, and then I thought yeah. that as well. But yeah, yeah so I started teaching art. That's sick. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, and we're nearing the end. Sorry that this is so no, long. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. <laughs> like, but after the origin story. <laughs> I think I'll be able to answer your questions quicker. <laughs> a, long, a long road coming to this point of me drawing pictures. Um, <laughs> oh my god, we're nearing the end. <laughs> yeah. like, when did he start drawing? <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't that's... we, we begin to set a circus? Where were we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Where are we? <laughs> this yeah, is really cool, though. Time pretty quick here. Yeah. Because, like, hearing you tell the story and now thinking about your art, like, a lot of things I feel like make sense. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm glad it helped kind of bring together a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never really talked much about my, you know, my my my. I guess my past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I, I keep most of my page uh, just you know me sharing my art. It's not right. super personal. So I thought it could be interesting for some people to hear more about it. Maybe see how it could influence my art. Some. Yeah, <laughs> super yeah, cool. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so you were teaching. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, no, no we're pretty much at the end. I was teaching um, and doing more art at this point. Once I started, I found I liked teaching the art the best. The circus art, teaching, uh, you know. So, like, teaching martial arts is already tricky for kids, um, which when I taught martial arts there, it was actually really fun. The kids were really into it. Like, some of them were trained so hard. It was really cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, but circus arts was, was most challenging, though, was the one I was most excited teaching there because, uh, like I said, teaching martial arts was pretty hard teaching juggling which is one of the most frustrating things people can learn like in circus school it's like unanimously voted the most frustrating thing to learn is juggling because like acrobats you got to be super physically fit you know um and then like you know balance artists you know it's a lot about like control or very mental you know if you're a flat uh, a tightrope walker um or a unicyclist, but then juggling combines both, where it's very straining on your brain and very straining physically to, you know, keep things in the air. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so that was really hard to translate over to kids is basically what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I realized I settled on the teaching the art was the most enjoyable for me. Um, and after I started doing that, 
um, my the the same girlfriend uh, recommended that I should start a page for my art, you know, because I had a juggling page that I had for the longest time, and I was starting to get like a little bit of like creative block for my juggling, I guess, where like mm. I was posting juggling tricks all the time on my juggling page. Um, and I just started to kind of like uh, run out of ideas or get a little frustrated. And she was like, you should start one for your art and just do it for fun. And then that's where I am now for some reason. I was just like, just going to doodle for fun and post that. And then that's what uh, ended up being what I, I, I do now. And is now my new focus for my career. Yes. <laughs> so maybe true. in a few years, I'll be a boat captain or something instead. Uh, probably. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Let us, I think I'm sticking with the art. Yeah, keep, keep us posted. You're more than welcome to come back on. Yeah, especially if we've transitioned to a boating and nautical theme podcast. Yeah, yeah. Nautical Now I'm a skipper. Yep. You're the, the salamander captain. Yeah. captain. But there we are. That's the origin story. That's Sorry so cool. for anyone listening. Yeah. Thought that took a while to tell, but no. now I'm here, and you know my page eventually grew, and uh, you know I started doing commission work, and you know, you know, got really into character designs, and you know, done some freelance work. I'm still pretty early in my career, I'd say, as far as like making an income from it. You know, I still, mm -hmm. you know, just started trying to even do that. But yeah, yeah, that's where I got into the art. You know, once my page started to grow, I got some opportunities, people reaching out to me, uh, you know, to work for them or do commissions. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So thank you. My, I found out about you when I, I don't, I guess I was just like farting around on Instagram one day and something from yeah. Maze Dwellers popped up in my uh, like search. Cause sometimes I just sit there and like scroll through and look like, oh, this is really cool. I should start following this person. Um, what inspired like the whole Maze Dweller project? Okay. Yeah. Um, honestly, you would think this would have a more elaborate story, but it really doesn't have. Uh, a big story to it or anything. Um, well, I will say there's an interesting story to where I created the first May school. I was okay. in a pretty interesting place. But um, what inspired me to initially do it was uh, one thing was um, that same uh, girlfriend I was with at the time uh, showed me the movie Labyrinth with David Bowie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yes, a fun one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was one of her favorite movies, and I really enjoyed it when she showed me it. So, like, in a time around creating this, I, you know, had that in my head, um, as well as one of my favorite artists on Instagram, because uh, I wasn't on Instagram, I didn't use any social media until I was, like, an adult. Um, I hardly yeah. even had internet until I was, like, uh, you know, a teenager when I started doing the sideshow stuff. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, I didn't have much influence from online for a while, um, but... One of my favorite artists that I found once I got on Instagram was uh, Danny Diaz. Hopefully I said his name right. <laughs> mm, but uh, yeah, you should look him up. Uh, I think his, his at is Mr. Danny Diaz, but he's one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, and what I was going to get at is also around the time when I saw his Labyrinth movies stuff, uh, he posted some things that were like, uh, like uh, he was like, he, he had an idea for like a Labyrinth. Like he's working on some Labyrinth stuff. He hasn't posted much about it. Um, but when he did post it, I remember at the time it just like reinforced it for me because I was already kind of in this like maze world or labyrinth world idea. And then he started doing it and he's my favorite artist. So I was like, oh, I, I want to start making my own maze creatures. Um, and it was almost like me fulfilling the fact that I wanted to see more creatures inside of a maze. You know, I liked it in the, the labyrinth movie. 
Uh, then my favorite artist did some characters that were supposed to be in a maze, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, then it was like there was no more, and I was like, I'm just gonna start creating creatures <laughs> in a maze. My own. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, though I am really excited to see what he does. I know I think he's still working on it. Uh, his you know style is quite a bit different from mine. I think what he's working on is much bigger. It might even be a game. He posted stuff like that looks like a video game. But yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with his. It'll probably be much more interesting than mine. But I meant don't say it like that. I'm like, oh, be, you know, it'll be different. It'll be different. So yeah. I, <laughs> I just looked. I follow him, and I'm wondering if you came up as a suggestion because I followed him, or vice versa, when I was flipping through uh, Instagram. Because oh, yeah. Rams. Yeah, so I wonder if that's that was the the linkage there. But oh yeah, it's funny. I wonder if that connected. Uh, if you found us through each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he's super cool, amazing artist. Definitely would recommend anyone check him out. Um, but yeah, those are really the influences um, with just him and the Labyrinth movie at the time, and then me wanting to see more stuff inside Maze, and I just started get full of ideas and just started making them. Uh, sure. The weird story, I guess. The thing that makes that is interesting about where I created uh, the first maze dweller, which was the nature specter, that little ghost with some mushroom on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the rainforests of Costa Rica. Oh, nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, it's weird. I feel like Wait, what? It's not like it sounds like I'm just making shit up. Like, some well, yeah. story. But, uh, <laughs> you said it, though. I was in the rainforest of Costa Rica. I'm like, are you telling me a story right now? Like a storybook story? <laughs> or is this real life? <laughs> no, it, it's, it's real. So uh, I went to... Um, <laughs> you know what you just said that right now? You're like, no, it's real. <laughs> 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 you're like, you're tucking me in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for this little story. <laughs> How'd you get here? <laughs> Should do some sleep tapes. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> um. Anyhow, so yeah, I was in the rainforest of Costa Rica, uh, and that was because I went on a. Uh, so that girlfriend that I was dating at the time, she's still one of my super close friends, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. She, I went with her uh, family and them on a vacation. They were going to Costa Rica. And, uh, and this was because uh, for both in their family, when both of them, uh, they have a son and daughter who are both my, you know, my good friends. Um, yeah. When they graduate college, not college, when they graduate high school, uh, they send them, they, they, they let them do something cool, go on a trip somewhere that's like related to a career they're interested in before they go to college. Basically during their gap year, you know, a lot of people say a gap year between college. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, for my girlfriend at the time, they uh, found her an opportunity to go work at an animal sanctuary in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. Ooh, um, yeah. And yeah, it was cool. And she's always loved animals and stuff, you know. Um, so she thought it was possibly something she'd want to do as a career. So they're like, that's something you can do during your gap year. Go work at this sanctuary for animals that are being rehabilitated. Um, but they also, the whole family went there for the beginning just for a little trip and like a send-off for her. Mm. Um, but uh, before she, uh, when it was actually time, the vacation part was over and it was time to go, she was really nervous about going, you know, to this place. Um. And then the parent, because I was supposed to just be there for the vacation, 
you know, and the send off of her going to this place for two months. Um, but then she got really nervous before going because um, she's pretty she's pretty shy uh, of a person mm. like uh, at least when like initially meeting people. So she's nervous about this experience of like living somewhere and being around all these new people. So her parents said, uh, do you want to go do it too? So out of nowhere, it's just like, do you want to stay for an extra uh, like two weeks and, and take care of animals? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And yeah. you know, it helped her too. You know, she was nervous. So I was like, yeah, I'll stay here and take care of animals. Um, and all I had to do was like pay for my plane ticket back. So, you know, and they're covering like the cost of me like staying at the center for the animals, which is really, really nice of them and a really cool experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hell yeah. Invite me to help take part in. <laughs> did you, did you yeah. get to hug a sloth? No, well, I did get to work with sloth. Apparently, if you want a sloth back, um yes. <laughs> they're uh they're really dirty <laughs> oh, <I bet. laughs> you'd be hoping it would be a nicer fact but they have uh they have like a whole biome on their back like an ecosystem that bugs and stuff all live on they have like oh, they're, like, wow. green when you look mm-hmm. at them in person yeah and like if you touch them bugs would go everywhere that's what they say <laughs> oh. um <laughs> yeah they also more sloth facts well on my storytelling still all over yeah, like, you think i'd be better at this when it's like my no. job you've, no, you've, yeah. you've come to the right place <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll get back to the main storyline in a sec but we'll talk about sloth yeah, let's, let's, let's explore this tangent though i want to hear about this <laughs> the other thing sorry that just might be visual for anyone listening i'll try to explain it as well for yeah. sloths the way they're also dangerous besides them being uh which you wouldn't think you're like they're like turtle of the trees mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're not they're much more vicious um yeah. and uh, it's because their claws uh, this is, I think, so they can sleep in trees because, you know, they sleep hanging from trees. Mm-hmm. So, like, our hands, the way they work is if we tighten our muscles, our, our fists close. You know, we close our hands. Theirs is the opposite. So, their hands are, like, spring-loaded. So, when they flex their muscles, their hand opens. Whoa. But if they relax, their hand snaps shut. So, despite being a slow animal, their hand can snap closed really fast. And their claws are sharp and covered in bacteria. Yeah. Oh, damn. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Mother, <laughs> you could yeah, you can like die from getting a sloth scratched. You have to be very careful. They're like the one animal we couldn't really interact with much. Hmm. Um, yeah. That being said, though, because uh, me and my uh, uh, girlfriend at the time, uh, you know, we we worked really hard while we were there. We just tried to do our best and you know uh, contribute how we could. Uh, they did give us a cool opportunity to actually work with the sloth, even though most of the time we didn't really get to interact with them. You could like put their food bowl in their you know where they eat, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you didn't get an interaction. But we got to interact with one, which is a crazy, sad story. It was because uh, most animals are being rehabilitated. Um, a big problem they have in Costa Rica is animals trying to cross the power lines, like tree animals. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So a sloth climbed onto the power lines, got electrocuted, mm. fell to the ground below, and got ran over by a car. Jeez. Damn. But he's a true trooper because he's still with us. He was still Holy alive. Holy shit. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, right. But they've been they've been working with him forever. You know, like he he was paralyzed yeah. from like the his back legs were paralyzed basically. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so they were working with it for a long time. Um, but yeah, so we got to work with it, and I actually got to touch the sloth because uh, we were helping him do like physical therapy. So like he had like a jungle gym, and you would like we would like move his back.
in his scenario, he was a little safer to work with because he wasn't as mobile. You know, he wasn't really going to reach out and scratch you. Yeah. Um, where the other ones, you know, might be a little more active or able to do that. Um, yeah. And then we got to feed him like like pears, slices of pears, and he watched me. But yeah. Wow. Damn. Um, Damn. So yeah. Damn, dude. <laughs> you got all the stories. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you the best stories. First podcast. Tell him everything. Yeah, dude. Right now. <laughs> You can only yeah. get it here, folks. You can only get it here. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, that's right. Exclusive. I don't even know if I'm going to be on another podcast, so maybe. You you will, but yeah, you just remember this I'm one. sure I'll try. Yeah, definitely. You guys are always going to be my first podcast now. Hey. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, to continue the story, work at yes. Animal Sanctuary in Costa Rica. Got to work with a lot of cool animals. Um. Um. Well, hey, well, that actually kind of sums up the story. This is where I created the first maze world. While I was working at this animal sanctuary, that's when I decided to actually uh, draw out the, the the nature specter, which fits, you know, in this nature experience, unlike anything. And that was my first time out of the United States. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Um, wow. Yeah, it was just like, I went to this, the, uh, my first time out of the United States in a different country, and then it was like, you just want to stay here in the rainforest? Um, <laughs> so it was cool, but it was wild. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to stay here you know yeah. normal yeah, splendor yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was pretty cool though all the animals um got bit by some birds um oh, like uh which it doesn't hurt too bad there was this one uh trying to remember his name the name of the bird i can't remember i wish i could remember it like there's any chance the people there uh yeah. We're listening to this in some weird world. They would know the bird on top. They're, they're, they're <laughs> screaming at them like, "What the hell? Yeah, it's like, come on, man! It's, it's the Arakwan. Like, <laughs> like a hundred years. I think I'm, I'm just gonna try to say a name. I think his name was Boosh. I think that's his Boosh. name. Okay. It had a messed Mighty up beast. That will tell him if they know because, like, his problem was, uh, he like you. I can't remember the exact thing that caused the problem. His beak formed wrong because when he was a baby, his like mm. owner fed him. Um, I think with like a syringe, but not the needle kind. That sounds uh, terrifying. Yeah. But like yeah, uh, yeah. just like the one that has an, uh, a hollow tip that just can like put okay. juice in their mouth, and his beak just didn't form right for him to be able to use normal stuff because he was like hand fed for too long. Mm -hmm. um, so in some of the animals, that was their scenario where they couldn't be rehabilitated to be released forever. Some of them were like permanent, right. and he was one of them. Um, but yeah, the birds were cool. There's monkeys. I remember this was a funny job there. If you don't mind hearing more about this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, regalus. Uh, uh, yeah, more, more, more tales. Um, this one was just funny because I felt really underqualified for this job. Was there's these things called things? I mean, monkeys. They were monkeys. Well, you just showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Already, I'm underqualified. <laughs> uh. But there's these things, these little, these little monkeys called TT monkeys. I don't know if I said that right, but they're little monkeys. Um, and uh, a lot of the monkeys were in there, oddly enough. It's actually not that odd uh, for being, because they were pets. And once mm. they are mm. used to interacting and being taken care of by humans, uh, they're, they don't know how to do it in the wild. Or they'll, or they'll go and try to find humans, which can be dangerous. Um, so, you know, basically in this place, they're trying to limit the human interaction and force them to interact with other monkeys and, you know, do monkey stuff, forage on their own. Uh, but these TT monkeys, the one thing that was, well, it was cute and it was a negative. 
um, so, well, let me get to the job first. The job they gave me was to do like uh, notes. Like I had to write down everything the monkeys did. The, <laughs> this is such a, such a weird story. I, so they gave me a, like a, a clipboard with like a bunch of information on it. They gave me a pen. They're like, you need to observe these monkeys and write down everything these little monkeys do. But there's five of them and they all look the same. I just had to teleport all these little like baby monkeys running around and like and write down what they each of them d- does. Um, but yeah, they they, they had they had some uh, like a weird thing they would do that came from like interacting with humans. And the funny thing, because it seems really cute at first glance, like they'll hug themselves and suck their thumbs, and they're literally doing it to get people to feed them and think they're cute. They're like putting on a show. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And sometimes they do it for comfort, I've heard, but, like, uh, it's kind of, like, stuff they, like, it's weird they've learned how to, like, get humans to interact with them, so it's just weird writing down this this monkey sucking its thumb and, you know, hugging itself. It's actually kind of cute, I think I might feed them. (laughs) Honestly, that was the hardest part of working there, is you want to do exactly the reason all these animals are in here, and that's feed them and take care of them. They're like, no, 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 I told you not to do that. Yeah. Uh, other things, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else that happened at the animal sanctuary. There's so much stuff. Oh, um, bunch, so many different yeah. animals. Yeah. There's a hawk there that we'd have to uh, feed because they like had a messed up wing. Um, mm. This was a crazy experience. So uh, hmm. uh, there was two uh, guys that were like, um, they're like people that consistently stayed at the animal sanctuary. Um, and in Costa Rica, everyone speaks uh, Spanish there. Um, but there are two like main like groundkeeper guys. I can't think of a word to describe them better. But they, you know, they always did jobs around the animal sanctuary. But for some reason, they took a liking to me. They liked me, even though I I don't know any Spanish, so I couldn't communicate with them. But they'd always tell me to come with them on jobs, and then they would just talk to me in Spanish. And, but I didn't know any Spanish, so I couldn't talk back. Uh, but it was fun. We bonded for some reason. They liked me. Maybe it was because I was just having fun, even though I, you know, I, I, I didn't know what we were, we were, what we were talking about. But, um, but yeah, they're really cool guys. And they, they asked me to come along with this one job where, uh, so a lot of times we'd have to, the, the few times we had the sanctuary, but we'd occasionally have to go into the actual rainforest to forge for certain supplies. Because mm. uh, the actual camp was really nice. You know, it's just like houses and stuff. Like it wasn't bad. And there's a lot of nature around it and animals. Um, uh, we'd have to cut down, uh, what are they called? Palm trees, leaves, palms <laughs> with machetes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that was pretty cool. Um, but this time they asked me to go help them get bamboo because some of the, the animal uh, rooms, not the word for it, but where, where they live uh, had bamboo in them. And that one was just a really crazy experience because unlike the the palm trees where it was pretty easy to just find palms and like cut them down, there's only like a specific spot that had bamboo and it was like down to the shot. Like it was like in it was like in a like an animated movie, which is what I loved about it. Like the the, yeah. the plants like made like a, like a dome around around you. Like oh, clearly wow. people just walked through there and that's what created the path. And it was like down this muddy hill and they, they would chop down the bamboo. Didn't get chopping the bamboo, probably because it's hard to get down. Um, but then we had to drag these like freaking 50 pound long bamboo shoots up this muddy hill it was crazy yeah but then it was cool because afterwards they cut open coconuts and we got to drink from the coconuts oh nice guys yeah that was really cool Mm -hmm. yeah it was a crazy time 
think that's about it for the set. There was a snake. We saw one time when we were just working in the area that where all the animals are. Um, there was just a big snake on the on the sidewalk, and a lot of the other uh, people there were that that everyone else was volunteers too. They're all taking pictures. And they're like, "How close can we get?" And I like reptiles a lot, so I kind of. I was like, I'll go take a look at it and see if it's dangerous. <laughs> and it was definitely dangerous because it had a diamond head. Well, one, not all oh, yeah. have a diamond head, but you know, if they have a diamond shaped head, good chance yeah. they're venomous. Venom. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so I was like, oh no, we should all back up because everyone was trying to get in and take pictures of it. Um, and right when I walked over, I was like, oh no, that's that's a dangerous snake. And then we found out. Um, so then real like people that are actually like I said people that always work there uh, you know came in and they were the ones that handled the snake with a, a snake hook and put it in a bucket and then took it out to the rainforest um, but yeah we found out it was I'm definitely going to say the name wrong but I think it's called a both ropes asper great great, um, great name for a speech impediment <laughs> both ropes asper um, but yeah, and it's responsible for like all the attack snake attacks in Costa Rica. That was just oh, the cool like yeah. it's the one that always bites people unprovoked. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm like, what would that be? Because one of them, did they have like I think is the Fair de Lance down there too? <laughs> oh, I think that that might be the other name for it. That because that's not I remember you know some snakes have different names. It might have been yeah. that might have been the snake that it was. Yeah, um, it's like fair to lance, and then there's like oh, yep. one other one. It's, it is what it is. I just looked it up. Is oh, it? yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yep. Same and it goes fans. by both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that was anywhere near correct. And yeah, yeah. You, you um, definitely you pronounced it correctly, too. The both, both, oh. rups, both rups, asper, whatever. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm sure it's better to say it, but. The snake's name means fire sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> Damn, that's a badass name, though. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Highly venomous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's the snake we saw. Um, but yeah, that, that's the most of the coasting trip. Obviously, a bunch of other stuff happened, but um, that was like the, some of the key stuff. And that's where I created the first maze dweller, though. All that was just to say. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah, one of those like old man was. stories. Yeah, you got one of those like grandpa great stories. Old man. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> Dude. That's a journey. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it's like, time. tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> you you gotta it's a meet. Funny place for it to begin. Yeah, you, you'll have to okay. meet our friend Magnus. I think you oh two would have god, fun yeah. swapping stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah maybe I can be on again sometime. Yeah. Oh, you definitely will meet him for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> right you'll on. you will go on no other podcast, but this oh my one god, forward. <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. Well, I've declared it now. It's gonna be it's gonna be AJ and Corey from now on. <laughs> juice Lord. I'll just work the what you call it. I'll just I'll just work the uh, the non-existent soundboard. <laughs> It'll be there. It'll yeah. be. All the sounds you desire. Hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Holy dang. shit! Wow. Yeah, that was that was. That was a tale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty. I, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the interesting yeah. part of Maze the Life Start. So cool. <laughs> that's where all happened in, in, in Costa Rica. In the yeah, yeah in Costa, Costa Rica. Rica. <laughs> in the rainforest, Costa Rica. <laughs> that's the way you Damn. say it. Just like... 
<laughs> I'm like, did he actually go? And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, maybe he did. <laughs> oh, God. You've got you got the knack, man. Good story. You got yeah. the, the ability to storytell real estate. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, you. for sure. Hell yeah. I got nothing. I so <laughs> I mean what was that? I don't remember what's missing. Oh, so there I, I noticed yeah, I got another one. I got I got one more. I will keep you for one more. So okay. I, I was uh when I saw the May Dweller stuff this this year, I noticed you had gone back and like reworked some of the old designs. Like what what yeah. made you wanna revisit those? Is there was there um, just like this is kind of cool, but I know I can make it cooler. Yeah, I think that's kind of a good uh, way to describe it. I think it's the ones that there's like a few factors in the ones me picking for let's say May dwellers specifically. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the factors, ones that uh, I thought I could have done better. Um, which the challenge is, though, that I'm doing it every day, so not every time it ends up being better. But right. yeah, sometimes it's like maybe a second try at making it better. Um, as well as sometimes it's just ones that um, I, I like the most, or sometimes it's just simply because I've never redrawn them. I'm really bad about redrawing my characters. That's like <laughs> that's the whole reason I started Made Dwellers, the monthly drawing challenge was mostly for myself to make myself once a year go back and redraw them because I just love coming up with new ideas. So it's like, this is my chance to go back. And then I thought I'd invite people that enjoy my work to, you know, take part in it if they want to. Um, And then that would be the other factor, which is um, I do try to pick ones that I think people would either uh, enjoy drawing again, if anyone decides to take part, you know, anyone that seems to be a crowd favorite or uh, as well as, you know, if I've like a character that's like, bizarrely complex or just strange that I think people would not enjoy drawing I you know might not pick that one or choose to redraw it not in May Dwellers you know Mm -hmm. yeah those are kind of the criteria for picking which ones to redraw (laughs) I really like to like I was saying earlier when you know now knowing the martial arts background the uh circus performance background like seeing that influence in the designs whether it's a conscious thing or not like thinking about the posing of a lot of the characters, the kind yeah. of like fluidity of their their movement. That's one of the things I, I like about your posts is the the movement that's either implied or represented in your stuff. And yeah, like yeah. thinking about how I guess so much of your background is in kind of bodily kinesthetic stuff that you have that kind of yeah. almost unconscious. Um, I can't think of how to say it. Like this unconscious way of incorporating that into your art is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That totally makes sense. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you feel like that. You know, uh, shows through in some of my work that you know I came from a background of doing a lot of you know physical things or was focused yeah. on those for the mm-hmm. longest time. Um, but yeah, it's fine. I don't. Yeah, I definitely don't know how. Much, I mean, I've definitely tried to make something specifically look uh, fluid or with movement, but I'd say it's mostly you know subconscious I never try to take my work too seriously or be like I want to make this one look amazing or have this or that I just you know just draw what I want to draw so I'm glad it comes through still you know some of the movement here and there mm-hmm. when I yeah. decided to give it a go <laughs> for sure yeah it led itself well to like animation I'd say yeah I, I think so yeah. sweet so last uh, last question for you, and then we'll, okay. we'll get out of here. <laughs> just got yeah, no rush. I, I'm free, so I don't mind answering any of the questions. Yeah, there's no rush. 
So <laughs> what's one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known when you first started uh, kind of your, your artist's journey? Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I think I will say that's kind of a hard, a odd or hard one for me to answer, I guess. Because um, I feel like, oddly enough, I feel like that like epiphany moment hasn't even happened to me for, for me yet, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, I've only been doing like, like really focused on my art for like five years or so. Um, to where like, I feel like there's still going to be a point where I'm like, oh, that's what I've been screwing up this whole time. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but for now, um, like, I guess the thing that I, I realized that uh, was a big thing that helped me once I started realizing it and might be at least helpful for some other people to hear is, uh, you know, not getting caught up in uh, doing everything the way it's supposed to be done or following all the design rules that are out there. Um, because whenever I found a new interest in general, like with juggling, I guess would have been the one right before this, like, I feel like there's this thing that happens when you enter a new field or decide you want to take something more seriously, that you become really overwhelmed when you realize how big the world is and how much there is that you can learn in this field um, and how many rules there are. And it can almost create like this paralysis for people, you know, and I, I felt it myself. Um, and that's why, you know, I feel like I learned from this. It was where you feel like, like, I feel like it's easy to fall into the cycle of, I need to practice more, I need to practice more, or I need to learn this or that before I can make my own stuff. There's always this thing pushing off, uh, pushing off doing the things you want to do, you know? And I've seen it with other uh, artists that I've met, I've met before that say they struggle with it. And I've done it myself where it's like, I just need to keep waiting until I can do my own thing. But I've realized where I learn the most is from creating the things I, I want to create you know, and just doing what I want to do and then almost learning through necessity, you know, like I, I, I want to be better at drawing hands because I want to draw this character with a really big hand, you know, like it's just like, and it yeah. starts to happen because you just start doing it more. And I wouldn't say it's that quick as I described there, but like, there's just, you, you gain an interest in something that you've been drawing a lot and you improve by drawing it more. And I think it keeps it fun because I've, a thing I've always struggled with and I struggled with it with in juggling when I wanted to do it professionally uh, is feeling this guilt of, uh, you know, I don't practice enough or I'm not doing it the way I'm supposed to be doing it. Um, and I, I feel like it helps with that. You, you, you create more. And so you don't feel guilty when you're just doing what you enjoy creating um, as well. As I feel like at least from my own experience, I feel like I've still been able to, you know, make a name for myself to some degree and get my stuff out there um, and do the things I want to do most importantly um, and still learn uh, along the way and not, you know, get caught up in feeling like I need to check off the, the checklist of all the rules for design with each carrier. I just try to not even worry about it and just do what, you know, looks good to my own eye, you know, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it totally does actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah, I, mean, I think that's what brings everybody to whatever it is their their passion is to begin with. It's just like I like this, I, it's fun. And I have this yeah. vision or these these things that I want to make, these things I want to create, these like worlds and characters that I want to share. And you start there and then yeah, it's it's very easy to get caught up in in rules and like uh, you know, a formal 
like a formal progression of practice. And then I, I know like I've, for writing, I try to avoid, which probably could be to my detriment, like books on writing. Like I didn't oh, yeah. take creative writing mm-hmm. classes in college or anything like that. Cause I don't know. I, I, my process is not perfect by any means. And it's probably, I actually know it's very inefficient, but it's my, my process, you know? Exactly though. I can really relate yeah. to you, you know, on that where it's like, I think, you know, there's certainly, there's a price you, you pay for choosing to do things or not, you know, obviously, you know, if you, you don't do something the way that's the tried and true method, obviously, you know, you're going to have a different result and you might, you know, be a little less good at something or that, but if it makes you want to create things that it makes you create more and, you know, makes you the artist you are, I think it, it, it can be more important than doing it the, the, the way that it's, you know, supposed to be done some of the time. And, you know, like my, uh, uh, something similar to that, that I kind of got, um, or like that my mom told me, uh, my mom was uh, an artist. She went to school for art, for graphic design, for college. She actually doesn't work in it now. Uh, she, she's just a, she's a dog groomer, um, which I'd love for her to be able to do her art again. That's why, you know, I'm working so hard at my artist where I hopefully, you know, she can, you know, not have to work so hard to support herself and us and I can make more money to, you know, be able to support her. Anyway, go off topic, but, uh, um, she always said she tried not to influence me too much with me creating things growing up, despite, you know, her, you know, inspiring me to want to create art or encouraging me to, she never tried to like force any kind of like certain knowledge that she thinks I need to know. Cause she did like very realistic artwork, um, which is quite far from what I do, but she said that she liked seeing how that I just, how I came up with things and that, you know, uh, she didn't want to have, an impact on it by trying to make me feel like I need to follow these uh, certain things because she thought it would have a poor effect on you know my creativity right. putting me in a mm. box early on which I, yeah. I'm thankful that she did um and you know, like a big one that she tried not to do with is I'm as funny as it might sound with me being an artist or trying to be a professional artist is I'm red green colorblind uh oh. which I'm not like like severely like uh, I'd say more in like the moderate zone but it makes it harder to work with those colors and stuff but she said she specifically didn't try to force me to ever work with the appropriate colors or Mm -hmm. uh you know learn color theory better or whatnot and I eventually learned it with my own time I mean as you can see I still work with those colors you might notice when hearing that that I lean towards blue yellow and stuff like that and I do less red green um because really what all it does what it causes is uh, like when things are the same hue and saturation. So like, uh, well, actually not the same hue because that would be the color, but uh, green, like green, red, and brown, if they're all the same level of saturation, specifically if they're more muted, they'll all look the same. So if you give yeah. me like a, a muted green, a muted uh, red, and a muted brown, they're all going to look like the same color to me. <laughs> right, right, right. Gotcha. But it doesn't affect things much other than that. But yeah, so like I kind of got that from my mom too, that same thing of like, it can be important, almost more important than doing it the right way to, you know, find your own path and how you like to create stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Damn. Yeah. That's Oof. Oh my God. My wheels, my gears are turning, Mr. Kirk. My gears are turning. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, that's, that's about, like, man. Well, my brain broke. <laughs> As always. 
Oh man. Shit. That was so good. That was like Yeah, I'm gonna Dude, be thinking we, about we, this. we went on a magic carpet ride. <laughs> we we yeah. did. That shit was Hello. crazy. Have a long day. Thank you for coming on coming joining me on my magic carpet. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks for inviting Thanks us for to the magic carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah. aj if people want to find you i mean what what's the best place to do that where's the best place to engage with you and your work yeah uh, right now that would be on my instagram where it kind of all started which is uh uh a-y-e-j-a-y underscore make underscore art so aj make art <laughs> perfect um, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll tag that up in the show notes and stuff like that um great thank you yeah so i mean head over there to check out the maze dwellers are and those projects and some of your commission stuff are your commissions open right now or are you yeah off? they are open right now actually perfect Sweet. anyone's looking for some character design <laughs> yeah. I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed seeing some of the the D characters that you've been uh you've been posting too those are those are super cool oh thank you yeah i do that's a lot of the commission work i do is people want me to draw D characters it's, it's real fun it's one of my favorite things to do for commission yeah. <laughs> pretty sure cool. i think i may have submitted on one, one of those posts one time we were like oh yeah pitch me your most interesting character um right on yeah, yeah i've done a couple of those where i've had like a public mm -hmm. uh you know just anyone give me an idea for like uh yeah just to come up with an idea or i think it's a different item as well those yeah. are fun yeah, yeah i wonder i definitely read it i always tried to read all those so mm -hmm. i wonder yeah I wonder what your your entry was. <laughs> Corey, was Corey, I think it was uh I'm pretty sure it was Schmartin Boost Control. I was about <laughs> smart. <laughs> That's more smart though. Stupid smart. <laughs> smart and boost control. <laughs> oh my That'd god. Be cool to see. I mean, I'll yeah. take a look back and see if I can find it sometime. <laughs> well Do you guys play a lot of D D? Um uh, I haven't played none. We're supposed that. to. So I actually yeah, I are. had never played any D and I've been I've played Magic the Gathering since I was in third grade. So God, I'm coming up oh. on twenty five plus years of playing that game. And for whatever wow. reason, like never got into D and D. I don't know. It's just being dumb. And then yeah. I moved down to Austin. I guess a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah, buddy. And started volunteering with this uh, writing non for profit called uh, Austin Batcave. And just ended up, I don't know, I, I helped out with their summer DD &D camp. So I got to DM yeah. with a friend of mine and we ran a campaign for a bunch of like, I guess they were 10 through like 13 year olds. And then after that, I did it as an after school program all through 2020 basically and uh, like yeah fall of 2020 and then uh spring of 2021 it's super fun like i nice. haven't had yeah. much of an opportunity to do it recently but like i loved it and the kids were absolutely ridiculous it was fantastic <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can imagine that's probably one of the funnest things to to teach kids or do with kids is probably play D D. that's like a mm -hmm. perfect perfect thing to do <laughs> yeah like i think I, the school i taught at had a had a club for it or something I, I wasn't in charge of it or involved in it but i know we had one as well mm -hmm. that's cool that you got to work on yours yeah it was, <laughs> it was so much fun just throwing ridiculous yeah. scenarios to the kids and like one, I, i'll never forget one kid shows up and he's like i'm here to rip out the spines of my enemies i'm like did you have Holy a bad shit. day at middle school and he's like yeah <laughs> i don't want to talk about it <laughs> like let's kill I some kobolds yeah. let's just play D &D. <laughs> that's funny don't ask about it. Get me yeah. in there. Get me yeah. in the fantasy world. Yeah. 
some moral combat shit right there. <laughs> I'm not the same thing though. I haven't honestly played uh, all that much, as much as people would think I would, because I do so much uh, D and D commissions, or a lot of people like to incorporate my stuff into their their D and D world. Mm-hmm. I've only played, you know, handfuls of times. You know, I get a lot of people being like, "Oh, you'd be a great DM." but it or like you must be so fun to have as a dm but i've never even been a dm i've always been i've only been a player yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just done it for fun pretty like you know laid back games with friends mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's 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 a lot of fun real well i would highly recommend it we got to get Corey on there Corey is yeah. Corey has wanted to play because he wants to play a beast man a beast man that's what i want to be <laughs> nice <laughs> oh yeah that sounds like a fun time. <laughs> yes. Which he emphatically <laughs> declared to all of us is a man who is a beast who is also a man. <laughs> Excellent. You know, that's similar to I just played a game, the most recent game I played. I played as I played as Batman, but I wasn't Batman. What? I was just a man that was a like a bat. Yes. And like he was just like this really like I think I posted it on my page. I don't know. Maybe I archived it at some point because it was a pretty ugly drawing. But it was just like, like this it. really like 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 fat bat and his he just smelled really bad because bats smell bad and that was like his whole thing and he was blind i think that's incredible and that, oh my yeah. god i always like to play just fun yeah. characters yeah it reminds yeah. me of that though that's that awesome awesome. <laughs> yeah that would definitely be fun to play i think the very first game of D i ever played somebody was playing an elvish pop star and then another oh, person was yes. a like Turbo Stoner Dwarf uh, Druid. So she was just always looking for mushrooms or trying to find like that whole that whole little one shot was great. I think we ended up winning or getting through the campaign because uh, the guy who was actually my co DM posed as a representative from the Goblin Union and tried to get a bunch oh. of goblins to unionize. And- oh my god. <laughs> Did it work? It did. They went on strike. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened if you uh, rolled a one on that. You get a whole think, army of goblins against you. Yep. <laughs> you don't want that. No, no. Nobody wants to. I never that. Play it sounds like a good time. Yeah. But, well, oh thank, you, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. Are, Dude. You're 100% welcome Thanks to come back me. whenever you want. Like, if you got, you, you got more Costa Rica stories you want to tell us or. Circus arts yes. or anything you want to share, you just let us know. Excellent. Yeah, everything. thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening to all the stories, even if some of them were long-winded. And yeah, I'll definitely have to be on sometime again. Yeah. Oh, you will be. Yeah, if you have yeah. more, you know, you got stuff to promote, you just let us know. We'll we'll have you on. Oh, yeah, sure thing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I got some cool things in the works. So hopefully Sweet. uh we'll get to talk about them if we have in our chat. Yeah. Oh yeah. For yes. sure. All right. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, of course. Uh so all right. People, if you want to find us, check us out on Instagram. We are uh, at Schemes Come True Network. I guess if you really want to email us, email us at Schemes Come True Network at gmail.com. Unless you're T Post, don't email us. Lose our, lose our email, <laughs> lose our number, kick rock. Yeah. Um, Bye, Fleecers. <laughs> and uh Sorry, I don't know if you if you want to help us keep the lights on i had to turn the lights on in the middle of this and my apologies yeah you did i was like i did i'm like you look creepy no worries. it started to get real dark and i was like shit but See? check us out over on patreon that's patreon.com slash schemes come true we post a lot of bonus content over there i am we're like a week behind because i've been trying oh. to draw up the the rules for um 
the Samurai mm. Pizza Cats drinking game. Oh, yes. I had yes. to like, go back and re-listen yes. to that episode again, and I had jotted some notes down, so I want to make the full post. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do that this month. This month. Yeah. So for yeah. such things, if you want, you're interested in Samurai Pizza Cats, Samurai Pizza Cats drinking game, Craigslist misconnections, any of those things, head on over to the Patreon. You'll get your, your name shouted out on episodes. But uh, as always, thank you to our patrons. Peter B. B. Sean J. Sean J. Seymour Butts. The Butts. Barden Bye. Creative. Barty. Unmasked herself yesterday. Yes. Um, <laughs> Finally revealed. Yes. My, my co-DM and uh, goblin organizer, the young gun himself, Cam G. Young gun. Yeah, he's getting married <laughs> next week, people. And oh, yeah. uh, off the market. No. And then uh, <laughs> gonna crash the wedding. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh boy, where was my invite? Oh, no. done. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna get earful about this next week. Um, it's fine. Don't worry. About and it. and as always, king of the Craigslist post, the uh, telephone pole poster, and all things cars conspiracy related. Jake. It's a Jake. Yes. We'll we'll talk to you next week, people. <laughs> thank you again, AJ, for doing this. Yes. Thank yeah. You, thank you thank for you. having me once again. It was fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>